You know, occasionally at the brawl bar, you're going to have a bar fight. And that's just how it goes. Speaking of brawl bar, welcome everybody to Sports on the Half Shell podcast. I am Leroy. I am here with my co-host, the uh, the uh, man with the plan, Slick Willie from South Philly, the man we call the American Dream, otherwise known as the dirtiest player in the game. I got Bill here with me. How you doing, Bill? I'm way too country to be from South Philly, but I'm not going to hate on the alliteration. <laughs> so I do go to South Philly occasionally. I will go get me an Italian sandwich, and uh, there's a couple clubs out there in Iview Route 95 that I've stopped at before. And may partake in once or twice. And I'm not even going to talk about the clubs you get to. But here we go. So uh, we are a new podcast, a new uh, new show uh, that uh, that's going to focus on Maryland sports teams, Maryland sports scenes, sports in general, life in general, whatever we want to get into. Um, just sit back, buckle up, uh, crack a beer, have an oyster. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with this. So um, we, we will focus mostly on the Maryland uh, side of sports. However, uh, wherever this uh, – this uh, mind across from me takes us is where we will go. I almost said something. I almost gave an adjective to that mind, That's but I'll, I'll leave that out of here. Um, it is, you know, we are the uh, Sports on the Half Shot podcast, and the Surgeon General has told us that we do need to uh, put a disclaimer out there to you guys that this podcast is an aphrodisiac. So uh, if uh, you've got a significant other, pull them close. Buckle up. If you don't, um, you might want to wait. Wait to listen. I mean, some people play Teddy P when they want to have, you know, baby making music, but this is a baby making podcast. This is it. This is it. So. All right. Well, let's let's jump in. Let's jump in. We're coming up on baseball season. Uh, we've got just a you know a week or so before baseball season starts. We're both big Orioles fans. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but the Orioles uh, just just were uh, ranked by MLB Pipeline as the number five ranked farm system in Major League Baseball. Um, of course, we've got Adley Rutschman coming up as the number two uh, prospect in all of baseball. Uh, Bill, what do you think? What do you think about the Orioles and their, uh, their farm system here? Um, we just had – we were having a discussion back and forth in text just the other day that they got Ryan – they got Mountcastle as the number five prospect in their system and. That's just amazing in itself that they got four players better than Mountcastle right now. I mean, uh, one we've never seen the the number one pick from was it uh, last year? Mm-hmm. He's he's we haven't seen him. Uh, you know, I, I mean, what have we seen with MSN? I mean, uh, with uh, Masson with Masson not showing any games this this spring, but that's a different different argument whatsoever. But we can uh, get into that. Uh, I mean, I'm, we can talk a little bit about it, but I think this is just more like a overview of the whole thing but no I, i'm very pleased with how the Orioles system uh looks so far i mean we you know we live close to the uh, delmarva shorebirds and i hit a couple games last you know uh, 2019 and everybody threw hard i mean t- their their pitching was just outstanding mm-hmm. they had the one common denominator that all those guys had was they threw heat hard yeah, you know, speaking of, they've got uh, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall anchoring a pitching staff that um, that could at, at some point soon be up there, if not the best in the majors, 
could be the best homegrown pitching staff in the majors in, in the next uh, in the next few years. I mean, um, you know, it's it's a uh, testament to this farm system that the gentleman that they just got this year from the uh, from the Angels. Um, that guy, yeah, folks, uh, you have to deal with this stuff. With the gentleman they just got from the Angels, um, you know, he was the Angels anywhere between fourth and ninth prospect over the last couple of years, and he's slotting in at the Orioles uh, number like 19. So, 19, so, 20, that yeah. it could be even further yeah. back than that. I mean, yep, the depth in the Orioles system is is outstanding, yeah. and you got to give it up to you know to Mike Elias, you know, and the job that they're doing now. They uh, they're just an outstanding group of talent evaluators and mm -hmm. not even that i mean just their development system uh, you know we hear about matt harvey what he's saying about the development system you know what they're going through with the with the all the tech that they're using to get him right but he said the other day that this is the first time in like three years that he's actually thought about pitching you know what to do with the ball instead of his mechanics when he was He's out there on the mound. Yeah, how much different is that from an Orioles team who absolutely ruined pitchers, you know, six, seven, eight years ago? Ruined, ruined pitchers, uh, just a lack of development in general. I think. Yep. I think uh, it's it's just a night and day. I mean, yeah. So at the, at the end of the day, will it matter? I don't know. You know, as excited as we are for the Orioles' future, uh, we are coming into a year which is year four, where they're expected to be really bad. Right, um, they've been given a fan graphs gave them a zero percent chance to make the playoffs. The only team, the only team in baseball this year. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a few questions here. Get your thoughts. What what would make a successful season this year? At the end of the year, 162 games have played for for Slick Willie to look and say that was a good year for me to want to watch. I mean, to play good, exciting baseball to see the process at work, to see forward progress. They don't have to win games. They, they, you know, they just go out there and they, they play hard. You see the process that they're doing the right things. And I'll be happy. We haven't had that anymore. I agree. We haven't, we, yep. we don't, we don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, and, and God, God bless you because you're, you are, you're the Washington football team fan. So you've had it doubly hard. We're going to talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yeah. You've had it doubly hard. I mean, you, not only did you have, you know, the Orioles watching them flounder, you had, you know, the Washington football team and you've watched them just struggle yeah. over the yeah. past years. And there's a lot of parallels between the two. Ownership. Um, the ownership. Right. Yep. And, Meddling ownership. Um, just, I mean, backwards thoughts and you know how things go but mm -hmm. i think you know from what i've seen about the you know the washington football team you know it looks like they're uh, i'm seeing some positive things from them well i'm gonna get into that trust me positive things that. from them yeah. and there's some positive things for you know for the oats yeah but it at the end of the day the owners are still the same that's right and can derail everything in a second tomorrow yep and it's, here's the difference in in football and the NFL and baseball, and, and we're going to talk a little bit, bit of football here in a bit, but, you know, when it comes to the NFL, your turnaround, turnarounds are quick. Mm -hmm. Washington won three games last year. They won seven this past year and are looking like, you know, the sky's the limit right now. Baseball is a process, and we're into year four, mm -hmm. and we're still talking about 2025. That's our year, 2025. So, you know, I, I hear you and, you know, wanting to watch and all that, and, and I get that, but at the same time, I'm going to watch a winner. Mm -hmm. I want to watch a winner, and and I know 
turn it on, you know, my, my TV uh, to Masson. Hopefully, hopefully they're going to play regular season games, right? This year, um, they're, they're going to lose, you know, two-thirds of their games oh, yeah. or close to. And, and that's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough to want to watch. Even though, you, you know, you're watching young, young kids, and I get that, I, and I understand that, and I, and I appreciate that. It's hard. It's a grind. It is. It, it is it a is. grind. Um, especially, I mean, you know, it, and baseball doesn't make it easier on you to, to participate in this grind. Uh, we won't even get into the inequities in the, uh, in the, um, you know, financial system of baseball. It's a, it's a mess. But, but, you know, but saying that right now, what might be the best team in baseball? The Tampa Bay Rays, you know, the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, I mean, it's either one or the two. It's yeah, either the Rays yeah. or the Dodgers. And the Rays are probably in the same situation yep. Baltimore is in a lot of ways. Yep. You know, and I, mean, I don't probably in worse situations. I don't disagree with that, but the Rays, here's the thing with the Rays. Um, they're the exception, not the rule. Correct. Right. 100%. I mean, if you look at if you look at teams with their payroll um, and their market size, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, it, basically it's it's the same thing. You make a run with mm-hmm. your young guys. Then they get too expensive, they're gone, and then you start at the bottom again. Um, and, and again, I don't even know if we got enough time to get into that. That's a show. Uh, that's a whole show to talk about baseball's financial structure, and and it's it's a pet peeve of mine. But um, it it just you know with the Orioles in the NFL, unless you're poorly run, mm-hmm. which a lot of teams are, you typically don't see teams going into year four of a rebuild. And st- with still zero expectations, no, and and that's a problem with baseball, and, it, and and you know you shouldn't have to, as a fan base, you shouldn't have to put up with four years with nothing on the horizon. I mean, there's no way Orioles aren't going going no. five hundred this year, right? Five hundred next year is is even a pipe dream. So, you know, we're going into year five of oh, still. It's just, it's just a mess. With, with that being said, I'm, I'm wondering because we've seen it happen, right? 2012 is a great example of a team that came in with no expectations and ended up making the playoffs. What needs to happen this year for the Orioles to make the playoffs? <laughs> uh, multiple plane crashes? <laughs> I don't know. Multiple. 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 And one of them's not theirs, I assume. Well, or maybe are. one of them is theirs. No, we didn't say that. We didn't say that. No. No, I, they're, you have to have pitching. And it, that the difference between base, in my mind, I'm just, just throwing this out here. In football, if you don't have a quarterback, you got nothing. In baseball, if you don't have three or four starting pitches, pitchers, you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, and that's where these, that's where it all starts is, you know, at the beginning and the end, you know, you have to, these four-year rebuilds where you're not going to have a chance. If you don't have a pitcher and you, you don't, you're still running out there, Chris Davis, you have zero, zero shot. Yep. And yeah, that's, that's another, that's another thing. Chris, the Chris Davis situation, which is a mess. I, you know, I still don't understand that. They're, they're paying the guy to harm the team. I mean, well, honestly, uh, you know, it goes down to the Angelos. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they're, they're very good at getting money from people through asbestos. What else are the Angelos is good at? Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. They, they've, they, they've been great in court, you know, with asbestos settlements. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't think of any. Do other you thing. think you or your loved one has mesothelioma? <laughs> <laughs> Call the Orioles owner. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, that's it. Yeah. Look I at Masson. Yeah. Masson is, you know, I, I hate to get on, you know, kicking the Angelos family, especially when they've done so many things right here lately with hiring Elias mm-hmm. and letting them do their things. But I have zero faith. There's a history. Yep. I mean, you know what you know in the business that i'm in you know when you're all about assessing risk you know what what's the best way to assess risk is look at prior performance that's right look at the past past history and past history shows us that you know that they are going to blow this mm-hmm. somehow some way somehow some way yep yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk football in a minute <laughs> and i feel you so, so, so let me let me go back to this playoff thing just a minute so you're telling me that if if Felix Hernandez turns back the clock, you know, seven years, Matt Harvey turns back the clock five years, John Means is 2019 John Means, and uh, one, of these, one of these pitchers that made their day, Dean Kramer, uh, comes out, and he's, he's a, you know, stud. Um, all of a sudden, the Orioles are contenders, you think? They have enough on the, in their lineup? They can lineup? play 500 because they're not going to score enough runs. They're not going to, yep. They're, they're not going to score enough runs. Yeah, Who they? I mean, you know, who's yeah? Who's yeah. going to drive them in? I who's have no Who's going to get on base? <laughs> no idea. Well, you know, offensively last year through the first half of the shortened season, they didn't look bad. No, and um, and and you know they've got Mancini coming back, but they also got rid of of some of the guys that that uh, that brought them to where they were last year. So um, you know, I'm with you. I think it's another. It could be another hundred loss season, to be honest. Could be, <sighs> but you know, but so you lose a hundred games. You come in last. You get the number one pick. You get Kumar Robert. That that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, that's what ha- that's what needs to happen. So, but again, I am struggling. It, it's it's a struggle to sit there and watch them day in and day out. Um, I remember how excited I used to get for opening day. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's... even on, even even with teams that you thought could be bad, like Orioles teams from you know that that dark period from whatever ninety eight oh, yeah. through two thousand twelve, we knew the teams were going to be bad, but there was like some hope, right? There was you know there was maybe if this breaks right and this breaks right, they can compete. There's there's none of that this year. We're Man, just I thought Jay Gibbons was going to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> when they got him, you know, he was a broken hammock bone away from being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, him and Chris Richard. Yeah, I, you know, I was excited about those days. Yeah. I was. You know, yeah. I remember the I Calvary. Remember, I'm telling you, the Calvary. the Calvary. Yep. You know, I'm like, I'm sitting there, remember thinking that, you know, it's all going to be, it's going to be okay again when we get Mark to share in free agents because he's going to come, he's going to come home to Baltimore. I remember you know, that. Yep. Yeah. I, I remember those days. Yeah, we're going to turn the page real quick. Um, we're going to talk a little bit Nats, a little bit of uh, Nationals, um, two years removed from a World Series, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, you know, we, full disclosure, we aren't big Nats fans, but uh, we know enough, right? So um, I'm just going to throw a couple of things out there about the Nats. Their farm system is one of the worst in baseball. Mm-hmm. So um, if the Nats are going to get things done, it's, it's in the present. Um, although they, they spend some money, but it's in the present. 
Um, and and unfortunately for for Washington, they're in a they're in a tough division. They've got the Braves, who are just a powerhouse, and have been. Let's be honest, they've been a powerhouse since 1991. Unbelievable what they've been able to do since 1991. Well run franchise. Very well run. Through, uh, I I believe they've even turned over ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, upper management has turned over, and they just keep making the right decisions. It's it, you know it's it's crazy what what uh, just a culture of competency will do for a, for a sports team. Well, I mean, again, I mean, it's not, it's, it's about the process. It's not always about the results. You know, as, as they said, when Michael Elias came in, it's about hitting on, it's about playing blackjack. If you're supposed to hit on 16, you hit on 16. You don't worry about what the outcome is. You play the cards as, mm-hmm. you know, as best you can. Yep. And you don't worry about the outcome. And I think that's where uh, Atlanta's been so good with that over yeah, the years. Yeah. And now we've got the Mets who are spending money like crazy. They're turning a corner from a franchise that was uh, run almost comically for, for a while. Maybe and even worse than the Orioles. That, that has to be but, yeah. I wouldn't argue that because they got money and they've, they've well, not, they, it's not worked. They, they had money. I mean, Bernie Madoff took a whole bunch of it. That's another show, Bill. I see you. You want to get into Bernie Madoff so bad? I can see it. No, there's so much. There's so much cool stuff that you could really talk about. Other than, you know, there's there's some stuff that you can get into the weeds about. You know, they're still paying Bobby Bonilla. That's right. That's right. Well, June first is what Bobby Bonilla Day or July first? Right. Uh, July one, I think. July one, Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah, he makes his mill. But you know. Um, Getting back to the Nationals a little bit, they're just looking at their team. They're not a bad team. They're in a, they're in a tough division, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably the worst thing they have going for. They have some great young players. They they do they do. Juan Soto Juan Soto may, if you ask me, he's he's the next Mike Trout. He might even already surpassed him. It could maybe it's the uh, it's the baton going from Pujols mm-hmm. to Trout, maybe now to Juan Soto. I mean he's. If you ask me, he's he is or will be soon the best player in baseball. He doesn't get the hype of like a Fernando Tatis Jr., but um, if you ask me, he's he's one of the best players, if not the best player in baseball. Um, the, the, a couple of things with the Nats. Um, they've got Soto. They've got Trey Turner. Um, there's not a lot after that. They've added yeah. a couple of bats. They added Schwarber. They added uh, Bell. That helps a little bit. A um, couple of questions for, for the Nationals this year. Is Strasburg healthy? That's that's always a question. Yep. Max Scherzer's 36. What's he got left, right? His walk rate last year, even though it was a short season, it jumped a lot. Um, uh, Patrick Corbin, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and their biggest Achilles heel, and it has been even during their World Series year. Their bullpen. Their bullpen is terrible, and they've they've tried to fix it. They've thrown a lot of resources at it. (laughs) And it's just not working, right? So, you know, for the Nationals, they've got some decent young players, but they don't don't have the depth of young players like, say, the Braves do. And um, they have one of the worst-ranked minor leagues in in baseball. So uh, it's this year or nothing for the Nats. I feel better about the Nats and their – potential this year if we were in that expanded playoff mm-hmm. format but we're not so you're looking at you know division winners from the national league and you know if the dodgers win the west the padres are are, mm-hmm. are a wild card team if the braves win the west the mets are a wild card team or vice versa there's not a lot of wiggle room for the nationals i think they missed the playoffs this year 
And I think they're on the way down a little bit. Strasburg could go off a cliff. Reminds me a lot of Cliff Lee. Remember when Cliff Lee just was awesome, then he just disappeared? Yep. I mean, uh, Strasburg. I mean, not Strasburg. I mean, uh, Scherzer. Scherzer could just go completely off a cliff. I mean, there's a time where you just, mm -hmm. you know, that walk rate, you lose velocity, and next thing you know, yep. You're just, yep. you know, it's it's a fine line being yep. being great to being mediocre. That's right. In the media, in the major leagues, fine, fine line. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit. We're gonna switch gears a little bit. We're gonna talk NFL. Oh, that's that's what everybody. That's what you're all here for is the NFL. Nobody cares about baseball right now. Um, unfortunately, it's a it's a sport that's being phased out of the uh, public's mindset unfortunately, but uh, well, that's another show for another time. Let's talk a little football. Free agency is upon us. It's been a busy one for my Washington football team. Not so much for your Ravens. That's a good thing. Maybe. That's well, a good thing. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so, so let me just, I'm going to throw out here. The first thing I'm going to throw out, um, Pro Football Focus, well-respected organization. <laughs> to some people. <laughs> and some people don't buy into them. No, I like, I like PFF. I don't like their grades. Yeah. Well, here's what, here's what I say to people, because people say that. I, I don't like their grades. I don't agree. Come up with a better system. Well, I mean, I think there's, they're working on the better system. Yeah. Again, so, yeah. You know, again, like me nerding out and watching the, like yeah. the, uh, the big data bowl. The big data bowl. But, you know, the thing with PFF is – to, to do an accurate score, you have to know what that person's role is, what he was coached That's up right. to do on a specific you know play. That's you can't, right. you know, you're looking at what he did specifically in that in that one play in a vacuum, and you can't look at it in a yeah. vacuum. You've been listening to Chris Cooley? Chris Cooley, no, I don't listen he to talks Cooley. He, he says the same thing with pro no. football focus. No, I mean, that's just, that's just it. You just, and I, yeah, you know, we had the conversation earlier. I mean, it's uh, – there are 12 men on the field. There's so many moving parts, and so 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 many are Canadian Canadian football. 12 men on the field. <laughs> <laughs> that comment was brought to you by Crooked Hammock Brewery <laughs> and their savagely delicious IPA. I apologize, folks. Anyway, they're all interdependent on one another. But for what it's worth, uh, pro football focus throughout the uh, free agency period here uh, that has, well, we're still early, but uh, they, they released their um, improvement index rating, okay? Um, and that is the percentage of wins above replacement that the free agency period has brought the team or, or taken away. Um, so I'm going to throw out a couple teams here, our two local teams, the Washington football team is uh, ranked number one in their improvement index rating. They've got a plus, almost an eight. Fits magic. Well, but it's not just that. I mean, no. you know, they brought in uh, they brought in the guy from the Bengals. Name is obviously you know, just slipping my mind here. And Curtis Samuel yeah. as wide receiver. Excellent pick. Um, yeah, they've made great moves and and not spent a lot of money. So uh, before I get into the Ravens, I'm gonna go and compare them to the other teams in the division. And keep in mind, Washington Keep won. on talking. Yep. Washington won the division last year, and they've improved at a 8%, right? Eight, mm -hmm. uh, roughly 8% that uh, part. So, so Washington has a plus, almost a plus 8 in pro football focus improvement index. Um, 
just keeping in mind that they won a division last year. Last year, they were the best team in, in the division. A bad division, we get that. They were the best team in the division. The Giants have not improved at all. They're, they're at a negative two. Keep in mind, this is pre-Kenny Galladay signing, so that, that's probably, probably going to go up. The Cowboys are at a negative two, and the Eagles are at a negative four. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thinking about Washington, uh, by all accounts, they're a team on the rise, right? Ron, Ron Rivera's there. He's doing it right. They're a team on the rise. Um, looking at the rest of the division, the Eagles are in cap hell right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a team that is probably going to be bad for a few years. The Cowboys, looking at their skill positions, right? Zeke, Dak, I mean, they've got the skill positions covered, but, but they're paying those guys so much. They don't have enough money to put a good team around them. The Giants, in my mind, are also a team that's on the rise. You know, they're getting there. They think they have their quarterback. I'm not so sure. And then this is this is why I appreciate my my beloved Washington football team. They know they don't have their quarterback. If you don't have they a quarterback, know. you don't have anything. That's right. So if you think if you're the Giants and you think I've got we've got our quarterback, boom, let's go, let's build this team. And he's not your guy. Trust me, I've been through it. It's just going to cycle, and you're going to be you're going to be terrible, and you're going it's just going to cycle. That's why I love what Washington's doing. They know they don't have their quarterback. Let's bring in this veteran who's had two two good years in a row, right? He Three can, good years. Yeah, he could be really good. He can be really bad. We know that. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a backup in Taylor Heineke who could compete for the starting job, and has looked good in limited time. Small sample size. We get that, but the NFL is a small sample size. Sixteen game season, soon to be seventeen. Small sample size, and they've got Kyle Allen who's looked good in limited opportunities. Um, Washington has the best roster in the NFC East. Oh, I was okay. I was. <laughs> I was sitting there, I'm like, okay. Washington has the best roster in the NFC East. They have the best defense in the NFC East by far. Uh, they built their offense to a point – I say by far. Giants are on their heels. They've built their offense to a point where it's going to be competitive this year. They need the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And right now they have a serviceable quarterback. I don't know. I mean, let's, let's go I'm back optimistic. To Let's go back to an argument that I threw out there before last year that I threw out there too. You had Dwayne Haskins. You could have took Tua. Yep. I still don't think you do that. Why don't you? I mean, well, I think you you have if you have if you're low in the draft and you if you don't think that's your guy, you have to keep you have to keep hammering till you hit your guy. Did did you watch Chase Young play last year? He's a game changer. Chase Young's Chase great. Chase, Chase Young won the Miami game. Chase Young takes you from four wins to eight. A great quarterback can take you from four wins to 12. Let me ask you this question. Did the Dolphins play better with Fitzpatrick or with Tua? They played better with Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if Tua's the guy, right? So that's the thing with quarterbacking in the NFL. It's it's such a crapshoot. Oh, anything you draft is a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is more of a crapshoot than anything. Oh yeah, right. I mean, let's let's take a look at at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Aaron Rodgers, low first round, 20, 20 round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the easy ones, right? Tom Brady, yeah. round one hundred eighty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson, round three. Um, Kirk Cousins, round four. And you know, 
again, it, you know, we're iffy. Lamar, what was Lamar? 32nd. There you go. Last Drew Brees first was round. Drew Brees Second was round. later. Ben Roethlisberger was later. Pat Mahomes was 10th uh, pick. Ben Roethlisberger is like pick 15. Maybe. But that's still, you're still talking about the second, mm-hmm. close to the second half. You're not talking top five, right? Um, I mean, there are some top fives that are hits, right? Justin Herbert right now. Um, you know, obviously, like your Andrew Lux and all that. Yeah. Um, and, and they're there, and that's great, but it's such a crapshoot. But when you get a Chase Young, who by all accounts was can't miss, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, I mean, he, especially in the second half of the season, he was such a game changer. Oh, Chase Young's a great player. They, he, he won games. So, you know, everybody likes to talk about Alex Smith's, you know, six and two record last year. And I, and I loved Alex Smith. I still do. I, you know, I, I admire the hell out of him. Um, but, but Washington won games in spite of him, not because of him. Mm-hmm. And they won games because of the defense and what Chase Young was able to do. And even when Chase Young wasn't making an impact, he was making an impact because Montez Sweat, he was, he was almost an all pro last year because of the attention that Chase Young got. I still think you take Chase Young, um, you build your team like it is. If they take two and they don't have Chase Young, they've got a good defense and you've got a young guy out there making a lot of mistakes like he did in, in uh, Miami. So I don't know. So let me throw it out here. So you could do it all over again. You can take Chase Young or take Justin Herbert after what you've seen last year. Oh, that's tough. I but mean, again, it's a crapshoot. Chase Young is a is the better player. Did anyone know he Herbert? He's not the most valuable. He's not more valuable. Yeah, but did anyone know? I mean, Herbert, Herbert knew Herbert was going to do what he did. Herbert the year before, if he'd come out the year before, he was a possible number one pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. He was. He, but there were a lot of question marks. That's what, Where was he taken? Where was he taken? He was taken – after I think seven after Tua, he was taken after Tua. Yeah, but so, I mean, but Herbert, they were never. It was never about the tools. It was always about his attitude. Yeah, you know that he was an introverted kid. You know he, you know he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't have the look of that alpha quarterback. That's what right. these guys thought these alpha quarterbacks Agreed. was. He yep. had all the tools, and he was just a different kid. Yeah, he goes out there, and he had maybe the best rookie season of all time. It's beautiful. You know, that's, that's the thing in the NFL when it comes to quarterback. You're throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks, mm-hmm. right? So so Washington, they brought in his veteran. You know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He's, he's shown you. He's 38 years old. Yeah. You know what he is. But they've got a Taylor Heineke and a Kyle Allen. They're going to throw it at the wall and see if Kurt Warner sticks. You, you know what I mean? Crapshoot, but it all is. So, you know, I, I like the way they're going. I think this coming year they've got a tougher schedule. But I think um, – with the moves they've made and the draft coming up, I don't, I don't think we see them. I think they go with the quarterbacks they're, they're rolling with right now. And next year might be their year with a quarterback for a quarterback. Okay. So, but they're me, still drafting late, but here's the thing. They're still drafting late, but they've got no holes. Theoretically, theoretically, you know, if they fill their, they don't have a lot of holes right now, to be honest, they need a linebacker. They need maybe an offensive lineman. Um, we'll see what their weapons look like, but the weapons look great last year. Um, so th- let's just say they fill those holes in the draft. They don't have a lot of holes. Now you can, you can, you got, you've got draft capital to move up in the draft and get whoever I, you know, I, I don't follow college football close enough no. to know who the next guy is, but, um, well, they yeah. say next year is not, you know, it's projected to be not as strong quarterback yeah, class yeah. as this year. Yeah. But well, that's, I mean, but that, that's that's always the argument. 
I mean, if you don't have the quarterback, I mean, what do you have? And that's yeah. the argument that you have with the Ravens right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. how far can Lamar take you? Yeah. Can can you win Super Bowl with Lamar? The Ravens won two two Super Bowls with mediocre quarterbacks. I, you know, <laughs> I personally believe that you can win a Super Bowl with Lamar. I I believe it. I agree with that. You know, and this is you know, and this is like free agency now. We've lost two outside linebackers. I mean, we've lost. I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. The, the PFF uh, improvement index. Let's get into the Ravens a little bit. Uh, the Ravens are right in the middle. They're a zero. They haven't, according to PFF, haven't gotten any better, haven't gotten any worse. That's good. That's good. When you're, when you're a team that – how many games they win the last year? They won 11, and they had zero go right down. <laughs> there you go. They were 11 and 5 <laughs> and had zero go right. And looked like – coming into the playoffs like they were the team to beat. Yeah. 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 They, and they had zero go right. They course, had, who did they run into? Tennessee? They they beat They're Tennessee. Kryptonite. Okay. They beat Tennessee. They lost to uh, Buffalo. They gave up. That's they right. only they gave up uh what 10 points to Buffalo's offense. And yeah. They just couldn't score. Buffalo's good. I mean, but you know, the Ravens again and the this is a third year in a row in their playoff loss. They got manhandled up front. Yep. They just got, you know, their offensive yeah. line just got whipped. Yeah. I mean you can't you can't have an all-pro left tackle, you know, go out, you know, with an ankle injury, and you have a Hall of Fame level right guard retire, and you can't expect that those holes, you know, not, you know, bite you in the ass in the end. And it, and it did, and it did. It's not. It wasn't even that. I mean, it was Nick Boyle getting hurt. You know, it's because they ran all these tight end. You know, they love a three tight end set. They never had a tight end to replace. Uh, the trade to Atlanta, you know, uh, Hearst, you know, they never replaced that person, you know, in their offense and, you know, and they did some good things down the stretch to, uh, you know, where they ran two running backs, you know, they ran what they call the pony backfield and they, they've done a great job with that. But, but that was, um, that was out of necessity because they didn't have that tight end. They didn't have that Hearst out there that they could put out there, but, you know, but it goes into now where, you know, Ravens Nation is screaming, you got to get a wide receiver. You got to get that classic X wide receiver. And DaCosta, he is not, he's just not the kind of guy that's going to go out there and make a move. Has it been their thing? Move. It's never been their thing. That, never. That wide receiver position. Never. Right? And, and if you look at it analytically, you know, that's zigging when everybody else is zagging, you know, that. You know, people throwing all this resource at the at the wide receiver position. I think the Ravens, you know, went into it trying, you know, with the thought that, well, we've been shitty at trying to develop wide receivers for years. So why do we even try? Let's go another mm -hmm. route. And can you win a Super Bowl with that route? I don't know. Because eventually you're going to have to outscore Kansas City. Yeah. And you're going to have to go to Kansas City in January and try to outscore yeah. them. And can we do it? Well, it's being know. versatile. It's being versatile. It's it is being versatile. More than, more than that. That number one guy, I think, is being versatile. Yeah, but so what? Um, speaking of the the Ravens, what um, what does their cap situation look like, and what what do you like them doing in the draft? Their cap situation it looks good on paper, but the Ravens aren't you know aren't pushing money out into the future, and their cash on cap is almost you know right to what the cap is. So, you know, once you figure out you know, what their, what their effective cap space is, is almost to what it's going to be, which is the cap space after you pay, you know, your rookies in the draft and you get to, what do they call the rule of rule of 58, yeah. something like that. Yep. When you count your 58 people on your roster, however it is, I think it might be rule 58, mm -hmm. rule 63. Um, 
so their their cap situation is better than it's been for years. They don't really they're they're looking very good into the future. Yeah, they're well run. They're well run. <laughs> um, DaCosta runs his cap different than Ozzy does. Ozzy would is more likely to kick the can down the road and defer money, but that's not DaCosta's thing. Mm-hmm. He he will always going to stay balanced to, to the cap. You know about what it is. He's going to keep it healthy and keep it flexible for years down the road. That's that's just who he is. As far as the draft going forward. You have no idea who Ducasse is going to take. I I have an idea. Like they're they're lacking at the edge. Uh, they they have a wide receiver. Of course, you know they, it's possible to take oh, a wide receiver. Yeah. I think uh, I think an underrated need for the Ravens is safety. You know to have that classic, you know middle of the field free safety mm-hmm. single high that can go out. You know I'm not saying the guy's got to be Ed Reed. There's only one Ed Reed. However, get that single high safety. Um, or Sean Taylor. Or Sean Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to get that that guy who can play single high, you know, run sideline to sideline and make plays on the ball. I think, you know, in second, you know, their secondary is probably the best secondary in sports right now. I mean, they have a great, great secondary, two all pro corners. Um, you know, Tavon Young is a great, you know, nickel corner when he's healthy. Two good safeties. They are, you know, Jimmy Smith, you know, back there, you know, you know, uh, coming in, plays pretty much like a starter. So the only thing they're missing is that classic free safety that mm-hmm. will go back there. And and keep in mind that that the way the modern defenses are run in the NFL now, it they're very different than what we conceptually think about. We we think about a 4-3 and a 3-4. That it's not that. It's all it's, hybrid. It's all hybrid sub packages. Yep. You know, there's really no starters. There's, you know, there mm-hmm. you have you might have your core that plays more snaps, but you know, every player is almost a starter so, based off the offensive package. It's almost nickel now, right? That's what the that's what the NFL runs. Well, it's, it's not even because it's not even nickel. It's dime. It's yeah, who you put, yeah. it's who you have playing your dime linebacker. And do you how many linebackers you have on the field? Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's like there's how much money do you want to spend on defensive line? I mean, that's that's the thing. Yeah. You know, with everybody throwing the ball around, all these quick passing, you know, all these quick passing schemes. You know, do you really want to put the guy, you know, the money on the guy that's going to stop the run or, yep. or not get to the quarterback one-on-one? Yeah, you know? I've seen it with with Washington. I mean, teams that, that got the ball out quick mm-hmm. um, did damage. Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. Did Washington did not get to Tom Brady once during that playoff game uh-huh. because he was he knew where he was going with the ball and he got rid of it. Joe Burrow, before he got hurt in the, in the Bengals mm-hmm. game, was picking him apart. Um, I think it's a reality now in the NFL. The reality is you build your offense and then you complement it with a good de- with a decent defense because even the best defenses are giving up 500 yards every few games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, you, you go out there. I mean, I think I think this is where the analytics, you know, mm-hmm. folks are saying put your money in your defensive backs. Yep. You know, that's where yep. you, you know. So PFF you, says. Yeah, well, you know, PFF, I mean, they say a lot of good things. You know, you put your resources out there, but the PFS also says put your money in wide receivers. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, that's, you know, but the Ravens are, yeah. you know, that's not the Ravens thing. I'd go offensive line first. Well, I mean, that's what the Ravens did. They picked yeah. up Kevin Zaytler. I mean, that's, they picked, they, they filled their biggest hole in their offense, in my opinion, was in that, with that guy, with that internal offensive mm-hmm. line. I mean, they were, they were getting smashed up to a gap. I mean, they were getting killed up that a gap and in the playoff loss to Buffalo, they were also getting killed in the right tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were really attacking that right tackle. And, and in a big spot, 
they are going to attack your weakness on that offensive line. Right. That's, you know, that's what it is. And you, you can't have it. I'm not saying you have to have all pro at every position on your offensive line, but you just have to some, you have to have one spot that he's just league average. That's right. Yep. You know, and that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Look at Kansas city in the Super Bowl. You know, they, they just had a, they had their hits along the offensive line. They didn't have the league average tackles to go out there on that edge. And they just got, they just got smoked. Yep. So, so let's, uh, NFL, we talk NFL all day. Oh, yeah. All week. And, and people could probably listen to NFL talk all week. But let's switch gears a little bit. I'm surprised you with this one. You, you know, we love our Maryland sports. But I want to get your thoughts on UFC Jacksonville. Oh, who full UFC Jacksonville next month, um, full capacity crowd. Oh, I love it. Full capacity. I love it. You think that's a great idea? Yeah, let it you go. You like that? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. We're not going to get real political here. I just got back from Florida, and I can tell you that the uh, mask rule down there is liberal at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you've got a main event, uh, Kamari Usman and Masvidal. Uh, it's going to be a good fight. Absolutely. Usman's be beast. It's going to be a good fight. As, a, uh, as an aside, uh, if our friend Trey is listening to this, he has invited us down. He said he's got some airline mileage. Trey, we're going to hit you up after the show. We might be headed down April 24th. I think nice. Is. Nice. Not long before my birthday. Oh. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's get done. Have fun. All right. So a couple more things before we wrap up. A um, couple more Maryland sports items. Capitals. Washington Capitals are looking good right now. They're on a seven-game win streak. Uh, first place in the East. They've got, uh, they're tied for the most points in the NFL, NHL. Um, tied with the uh, Lightning, um, uh, tied for the most points in the NHL with the Lightning. Um, they're nine and one in their last ten games. They've scored the second most goal behind Tampa Bay. Um, they're looking really good. Um, the one thing that that stands out to me about the Capitals—I'm a big Caps fan because of my son—and if you if you listen to our show long enough, you'll hear him because he is our Capitals insiders, insider, unfortunately. Uh, being a young man of his age, he had to go to work tonight. Sorry, bud. But anyway, um, uh, they've got a, kind of a goalie controversy going on. They've got Vitek Vanacek and uh, Samsonov uh, switching back and forth. Both have looked good in spots. Both have looked really bad in spots. We'll see how that plays out over the course of the rest of the year. Regardless of what happens, Capitals are a playoff team. Um, if they get hot in the playoffs like they did two years ago, let me tell you, being a Orioles, Washington football, Georgetown Hoyas fan. That Capitals championship run has been the highlight of my sports life since I was a teenager. And I'm, and I'm old. You can see it in the beer. You got to take it where you can get it. Yeah. And that, I'll tell you, that playoff run was a lot of fun. We went to the parade. We went down into D.C. and watched in town. We watched the, uh, the final game mm-hmm. on the big screen, my, my son and I, and Man, it was a lot of fun. And they need to fix some some issues on the defense, but if they can get those issues fixed on their defense, they can make another run like that this year. They can make a run, another run. So, even folks, even if you're not a Capitals fan, you're not a hockey fan, a hockey fan, just uh, pay attention. I mean, I wasn't either until until my boy got me into it, and um, and I tell you, I love it. I love watching it now. So, um, even if you're not 
get in and pay attention. You know, anything on the caps, hockey? Uh, other than the fact that in my cable system I have, I don't even know if I have access to watch a cap. <laughs> They're on NBC Sportsnet Washington. I, I'm, that's, as a crow flies, probably we're, uh, as a crow flies, 65 miles from Washington, straight line yeah. from my house. Yeah. Don't have it. Got an antenna? I think I have an antenna. Is the antenna pick something up out there in the swamp that you live in? Ah, it might. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, the American dream here lives, literally lives in In the swamp. swamp. (laughs) I I had to take an airboat to get here. (laughs) Anyway, I got to tell you, you know, I was the same way as you. I I could, hockey just wasn't my thing. I didn't care about it. And when my son got me into it, I don't know, when he, he was younger, six, seven, eight years ago, and I started watching, I tell you, it's a fun, it's fun, it's fun sport. See, I, I quit the soccer mm-hmm. a little bit, or foot, football. football. Um, it's not something that you're just going to turn on, but when you get a rooting interest, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. fun to I, watch. Mean, I mean, we'll root on anything. Right, right. I'm, I'm watching Ted Lasso right, right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ted Lasso. It's on Apple+. Plus. It's about a uh, soccer team over in England. It's a football coach. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. You got to watch it, folks. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to bog us down with that. So, so let me just turn real quick to NCAA tournaments going on. We, uh, we hit on that uh, a little earlier. Bill and I talked about that a little bit. Um, some of the local teams. I'm going to talk about Georgetown real quick. Oh, Georgetown. Man, what'd you do to me? So, so. For those of you that aren't aware, Georgetown Hoyas went 4-0 in the Big East tournament, back-to-back-to-back-to-back games, and looked like world beaters. Uh, got into the NCAA tournament as a 12 seed and got thoroughly, absolutely embarrassed today by Colorado. Um, they lost by close to 30, um, and it wasn't close. Colorado? Colorado. That's co- I mean, when I think of NCAA basketball. You don't think of Colorado. I don't think of you the don't. University of Colorado. You don't, but Colorado was a five seed this year out of the Pac-10. They beat USC three times. Um, they're not a bad team. And Chauncey Billups, didn't he play for Colorado? I, I think he I have no idea. I think Rashawn Salam did. I think he was a running back there. I think Chauncey <laughs> Billups. Well, Bill's looking that up. We're going to talk a little bit about Georgetown basketball because they've, they've hit a rough patch here recently. Uh, under under Coach Patrick Ewan. I'm a big Patrick Ewan fan. I was a Georgetown fan in 1984 when they won the national championship. I'm being right all the time. Yeah, Chauncey Bellop. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll tell you, they got a freshman that's worth watching. His last name's Parker, and he was phenomenal today. Um, anyway, they won by 30, um, but the future's bright for Georgetown. Um, Georgetown has has got the ninth-ranked commitment class mm-hmm. in the NCAA right now. Um, behind, you know, Kentucky and, you know, schools like that. Um, they've got five uh, commits that are uh, five, four, or three-star recruits. They've got, a, they've got a five-star recruit and Aminu Muhammad coming in next year as a, uh, as a, uh, a shooting guard, and he's going to be, by all accounts, he's going to be a superstar. Um, they've got uh, – stop me if you know this name. Ryan Matumbo. Oh, they've got Dikembe's boy oh. coming in as a four-star recruit at center. That's a legacy um, player, and, and he's good. 
He's not playing off dad's name. He's good. Legacy. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I enjoyed watching uh, Lonzo Mourning, obviously. And the Lonzo Mourning son played for Georgetown. And, and he was fun to watch. But, you know, he, he didn't produce a lot. Um, Ryan Matumbo is a real deal. Four-star recruit uh, coming in um, to go with um, um, Dante Harris, a freshman who played point guard this year and looked really good in the second half of the year. Future bright for Georgetown. And, uh, you know, I'm going to boldly predict that. Even though their season ended today, I'm going to boldly predict that next year is Georgetown Villanova for the uh, Big East Championship. It's going to be good. So that's what we got from Maryland Sports. Unless you want to talk lacrosse, uh, crab cakes, whatever. Give it to me.